open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is His also. It is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Because Thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, Thy habitation. There shall be no evil befall Thee, neither shall any plague come nigh Thy dwelling. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and dragon shall Thou trample under feet. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Old Testament lesson for Invocabit is written in the third chapter of Genesis, beginning at the first verse. Now the serpent was more subtle than any animal of the field which God had made. He said to the woman, Has God really said, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but not from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it, you shall not touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You won't really die, for God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. Then she gave some to her husband with her, and he ate it too. Their eyes were opened, and they both knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They heard the Lord's voice walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. The Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman, whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate it. The Lord said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all livestock, and above every animal of the field. You shall go on your belly, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. You will bear children in pain. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you have listened to your wife's voice, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. 
The ground is cursed for your sake. You will eat from it with much labor all the days of your life. It will yield thorns and thistles to you, and you will eat the herb of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your face, until you return to the ground, for you were taken out of it. For you are dust, and you shall return to dust. The man called his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of animal skins for Adam and for his wife, and clothed them. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the sixth chapter of the second epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the first verse. Brothers, working together, we entreat also that you do not receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, At an acceptable time I listened to you. In a day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We give no occasion of stumbling in anything, that our service may not be blamed, but in everything commending ourselves as servants of God, in great endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in riots, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, in pureness, in knowledge, in perseverance, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in sincere love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as receivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold, we live, as punished and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. When he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was hungry afterward. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Then the devil took him into the holy city. He set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you don't dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not test the Lord your God. 
Again the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, I will give you all these things, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and you shall serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and served him. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's two deceptions that the devil loves to use about God and about himself. The first is the obvious one, deceiving people that God and him do, do not exist. And that's worked in the West for centuries. And if he can't deceive some into believing that God doesn't exist, he'll settle for people believing that he doesn't exist. And that's the one we see often in the church. But the second deception is his favorite. It's deceiving people that he is good and right and that God is the murderer and liar. And really, that's the deception that he wants. To be worshipped in place of God. That's how he deceived the woman and got dominion over the man. We often think, though, that that second deception is too obvious to work. It's too bold to use, especially in the West. But I'll tell you, it's working quite well. Today, there are movies and TV shows depicting the devil as some relatable, likable guy. You can go watch the TV show Lucifer. You'll see it. You'll see award shows in the past years like the Grammys that have satanic performances right there out in the open. Witchcraft as a belief and a practice, is on the rise. And our own state capitol, to show our religious tolerance, displayed a satanic statue. And they're charging the man who tore it down with a hate crime. His deception is all over the place. And this is the deception that Satan tries on our Lord in the desert. In our antiphon, we pray today, when he calls me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him, really glorify him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, the devil takes these words and he uses them against our Lord. In the gospel, we're told that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. So the Father intentionally brought the Son use the Spirit to bring the Son into the wilderness. And for 40 days and nights, the Son suffered there in the wilderness. He was alone, but praying. 
No doubt the son was hungry, so he prayed for food. He was in the wilderness, so he prayed for rescue. He was among wild animals, St. Mark tells us, so he prayed for deliverance. Yet for 40 days the father provided nothing to eat, gave no shade from the heat of the day, no warm fire for the cold of the night, and gave no place for the son to lay his head. There was no companionship for the son to enjoy. He was alone. So for 40 days, the son prayed without seemingly any answer from heaven. He probably prayed this psalm among the others, Psalm 91. And again, St. Mark tells us that although he was alone, he was surrounded by wild animals. In the psalm, it paints the picture of serpents and lions praying around him. But actually, if you look at the Hebrew and the Greek, the psalm paints that and something much, much worse. In the Greek, it shows mythical animals, basilisks and dragons, great, large, mythical serpents encircling our Lord as well. So as our Lord was being hunted by the wild animals, so to speak, there was also the wild demons, the wild spirits prowling around him, the devil, the great dragon, and his demons hovering around our Lord, roaring like lions, hissing like snakes, hovering over him like vultures, just waiting to strike him at his weakest moment. And so that's the scene laid out for us between the gospel and the psalm. For 40 days, Jesus is alone, famished, fatigued in the desert, praying without answer as beasts await to devour his body and demons await to devour his soul. Where's his refuge that the psalm promises? Where's his deliverance? Where's that shelter of the Most High? If we were in his place, we would have doubted long before the 40 days were over. But he keeps praying. He keeps praying until the end of those 40 days where he's at his weakest. And that's when the tempter goes in for the attack. If you are the Son of God, he says, command these stones to become loaves of bread. It sounds so simple, but you need to understand the depth of this temptation. Satan is telling Jesus that waiting for the Father to provide is foolish and hopeless. He's saying that the Father is a liar. After all, the Father is providing food for every sinner on earth at the same time that the Son is starving. And yet God says this is His beloved Son. Why trust the Father, the serpent is saying. Why not? Why shouldn't Jesus use His powers for His own needs and wants when His prayers seem to go nowhere? After all, if you hadn't eaten for 40 days, would you justify yourself in stealing bread so you could finally eat? It's the same temptation here. Take what the Father hasn't given you and satisfy yourself. So Satan sounds like this kind and merciful figure while the Father sounds like a narcissistic liar. And so he tempts Jesus to use his divine power like witchcraft for his own power and his own sake. But the devil goes on, of course. There's the second temptation. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands he will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. 
So the devil makes it sound like God promises if you do anything foolish, even intentionally, there the angels will have to come save you. But understand what would happen if Jesus would have jumped. There would have been no angels. He would have hit the ground. He would have been severely injured, maybe even died. If that was the promise of God, as the devil portrays it, that the angels would come any time you demanded them, what would Jesus be left to believe of God other than that God was a lying trickster? And then the devil would come and say as he was broken on the ground, do you see God doesn't love you? He hates you. He's tricked you. Then again, the devil looks like the good guy. So he tempts Jesus to use God's name like a magical incantation to do anything that he wants for God to meet any demand he desires. Then there's a third temptation. All these kingdoms of the world and their glory I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. It's as if the devil said, did God really say you must suffer to save the world? Well, I'll give you the world right now. Go out, set up your utopia. Avoid the suffering. Take the glory now. What Satan promises here is no different than what Marxists or socialists or transhumanists promise today. Utopia, glory without suffering. It's what John Lennon desired and sang about and imagined. It all sounds so sweet. In this passage, Satan is tempting the Son of God. So it's easy to assume little of this. It's clearly Satan tempting and God overcoming. But we would not understand this passage if we underestimate just how great the devil's temptations here are, especially to weakened flesh. These are great, grave temptations that he offers even today. And as Adam and the woman show us from Genesis 3, we don't need to be severely weakened to easily fall for them. We'll fall for them in paradise. More than that, when the devil tempts us with these temptations, magic tricks, incantations, the world, we think nothing of it because we don't really see them as temptations because we don't always notice him. That's his trick. He's not really there, right? So they're not temptations, or so we think. So we see a Ouija board in Target. No big deal. It's just a child's game, right? Or we see crystals when we walk into the bookstore. It's no big deal, just superstition, right? But those are obvious nonsense. The other tricks... Well, they're more deadly. And they allow the serpent to enter in. People will say, it's just pornography. Just images on a computer. Just helping a biological need. It's no big deal. We don't need to worry about it. Or maybe it's just stealing something small at the self-checkout from a mega corporation with billions of dollars. No big deal, right? Maybe hit closer to home. What is it to miss church? Maybe come once a month or once every few months, a couple times a year. All I'm doing is sleeping in instead or enjoying God out in nature. It's no big deal, right? Or so what if I haven't called my aging parents in a month? Or so what if 
We kick our kid out at 18 when he isn't ready to survive on his own. No big deal, right? And it all comes back. Every single one of those temptations comes back to, say, to Satan saying, did God really say? And with sweet words, everything the devil says seems good and sensible, and everything that God says seems like a lie. It's a subtle trick that he confronts us with time and time again. When he calls to me, I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Those words from the Psalms sound so great. And we're often tricked into thinking that they're too good to be true. So in temptation, we act like they're not true. But that's not what Christ does. He has every reason to doubt the Father after those 40 days and these three temptations. Yet look what Christ says throughout it. He tells the devil, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then he says again, It is written, You shall put, not put your Lord your God to the test. Then finally he says, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. For 40 days he suffered. For 40 days he prayed and never received an answer from heaven. And still he overcomes the devil at every turn with Scripture. And every time he defeats the devil, it's as if he's praying to the Father in the same breath, you are my refuge and my fortress, you are my God, I shall trust in you. Every time he defeats the devil, that's his prayer to the Father. He prays that every time. His faith never wavers. His love for the Father never wanes. His prayer never ceases. The Word and the flesh remains in the Scriptures, in the Word, and there he finds refuge as man. He overcomes the foe in the wilderness, which we couldn't even do in paradise. And then you look at the very end of the passage. The entire way, Satan's calling God a liar. We don't hear anything from the Father. And then we get to the very end of the passage, and it says, Then the devil left Jesus, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. And just like that, the Father shows he's right on everything. He's true on everything, faithful on everything. And the devil is showed a liar in that very last line. The Scriptures reveal to us here what we do not see. That the devil is a slithering serpent, a roaring lion, a great dragon, which is always hunting us for prey. And then Jesus reveals to us here an even greater reality that we don't see. That as we are tempted and as we suffer, as things get worse and worse, and as we feel weak and weary, God is actually there with us. He is listening to us. He's suffering with us. And the presence of His angels shows His presence to us as well. He does answer. He does rescue. And as shown, He satisfied the Son with the food of angels. Every promise from this psalm was true. 
for us baptized who are the body of Christ, what happens to Christ in the wilderness happens to us as well. We live in the wilderness of this world. Animals and demons encircle us as well, roaring and hissing, waiting for their chance to pounce on their prey, wanting us to believe that the demons and the devils aren't there before they attack. But the scriptures show us that whether we're at home or at work or at school, the devil is there ready to pounce. And our foolish flesh is quick to believe that the threat isn't real or that it's not a big deal or that if we in our sinfulness are confronted with it, that we can overcome it on our own as if we have some hidden strength. But the psalm doesn't teach us that. The psalm doesn't teach us to fight under, under our own power, to go into the wilderness for 40 days and think that we'll survive. That's not what the psalm is teaching us. Instead, the psalm teaches us to seek refuge in God, to see our Lord in the desert, tempted as we are, and yet seeing him overcome where we haven't. The psalm tells us to look at our Lord hanging on the cross, obeying the Father, trusting in the Father until death. In death, treading and stomping on the head of the serpent, vanquishing the lion, slaying the dragon, doing what we couldn't do. The psalm is telling us how to battle Satan. The way we battle Satan is we find refuge in Christ who wins the victory over the devil. The devil would have you believe that you are alone in the wilderness of this world. But the psalm reveals otherwise. Baptized into Christ, he suffers with you. And in suffering, he gives you refuge from the dragon who is there. This is the shelter of the Most High. It's his body. It's the church. It's here where he protects you every moment of every day. It's here where evil cannot approach you in the body of Christ. Evil can't approach you in the body of Christ because he stomped on his head there. The plagues of the devil will not come near you because you are in the tabernacle of the flesh and blood of Jesus. You are safe in him. The devil would have you believe that he is good and sensible, that God is the liar and murderer. But the psalm reveals otherwise. Our Lord on the cross is where God shows you his salvation and Satan's defeat. At this altar is where he feeds you from the sacrifice of the cross. The body and blood of Christ given to you to strengthen you, to satisfy you like the psalm promises. Around the church is surrounded his heavenly angels to protect the church and guard you. And inside the church is where God sends his earthly angels. Angel means messenger. In this case, it can mean pastor. The office of pastor, there to minister to you in the word and sacraments. These are the gifts given to you by his angels, the food of angels, to keep you in all your ways. This is why we preach. This is why we always tell you, come together with the saints. Come together on Sunday morning. Come to church. Stay in your baptism. Receive the word and the sacrament. Pray always. We tell you this because here alone is where you have refuge from the dragon out there. There's no other place you can find refuge. The minute you live here, you're in danger. But while you're in here, you're saved. 
you're safe. In fact, in here, you're not just survivors of the devil. You're victors over him in Christ. Stay in your refuge. Now come, let us eat and drink together, and let us remain in his refuge until the glory of the resurrection, which is ours in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. 
Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say, more than they watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O Lord, mercifully hear our prayer, and stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to defend us from them that rise up against us. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created, and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except Thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in Thy strength and abundance in Thy towers. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with Thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also, from all sin and evil, 
that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let Thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.